Okay, guys, so hello and welcome to episode three of the Events Elite podcast. I am joined again, uh, like last week, with Victoria Boast, and we are talking about the benefits of strength, weight and resistance training today. So, Victoria, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Very good. Uh, You've been up to much since uh, last podcast? uh dog walking meal prepping working nothing exciting i'm afraid <laughs> so it's just the same old right yeah <laughs> rinse and yeah. repeat rinse and repeat <laughs> that's it keep the growing going 100 percent. awesome all right well uh, let's just get straight into it so um yeah strength weight training and resistance training so i'll let you kick things off um so if you maybe just want to explain your understanding um of what that is to the viewers so maybe if they're new they're maybe getting into the gym for the first time and they don't know what that is um so they can get like a clear understanding of it so yeah i'll let you kick things off so strength training um obviously is exactly what it says it is training strength um and you need to do something called progressive overload so If you pick up a dumbbell that's two kilos and you start doing a bicep curl, that is strength training. Um, If you continually did two kilos, like that would progressively get to a point where it is far too easy. Um, So then we need to apply something called progressive overload. So then you go to three kilos, then to four kilos. So starting on a weight when strength training is great. And obviously knowing your starting point, but then you need to progressively overload. And I think that's the biggest thing that people miss out of strength training is they go to the gym and they go, all right, okay, I'm squatting 10 kilos. And they think that that's all they need to do. Um, But strength training can be body weight training. It doesn't have to be weight training. So for me personally, I can't do a full push up. Um, You know, it's not really anything I've ever wanted to do. Same with a pull up. I've just, I've never had that goal. Like some people have that as their goal. Um, So trying to do a full pull up or a full press up, is very, very difficult. So you'd obviously start where you're at, whether that's needing help with bands or uh, jumping up if you're doing a pull-up or on your knees if you're doing like a press-up. And that can be strength training in itself, just using body weight because some people might not be at the point where they can pick up a weight and add it to the movement. So just doing the movement with body weights, whether that's like squats or lunges as well, you know, that is technically classed as strength training because you are using your body weight as the weight. Um, Obviously with different movements, so like a bicep curl or a shoulder press, you're going to have to pick some weight up for that. Um, But there are some workouts, movements that you can just use your body weight as the weight, as the strength exercise, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I completely agree with everything you're saying. And I think one of the most common questions I get asked is especially for people new to the gym, um, they get to maybe a machine or a weighted exercise with free weights or barbells, and they don't know where to start. And they're like, well, hang on a minute, how much weight should I be lifting? And I think you use this process as well. Um, but I use the process uh, using the RPE scale. Yeah. Um, and the RPE scale stands for rate of perceived exertion. So I always ask everyone um, after a set of say, 10 reps for example um, on that given weight how hard was that out of 10 and I always say they should be looking for about an eight or nine out of difficulty um, out of 10 so if it's like an eight or nine great you found your starting weight Um, so start there however 
in a couple of weeks, um, like you were talking about progressive overload, they might come back to that weight, let's say, I don't know, 40K on a bench press or something. And now they ask themselves out of 10, how hard was that? And it's like, oh, it actually now feels like a five or six. It's like, right, okay, because you're not hitting that eight or nine out of 10 now, you now know it's time to progress the weight up. And you just keep following that process. And that I, I feel is the best way to get stronger. Um, so if you yeah. are hitting plateaus, stuff like that, um, just follow that process, always trying to hit that eight or nine out of difficulty out of 10. Um, and then slowly and surely, if you're like hitting the key pillars of sleep, nutrition, um, all those things that are going to benefit you, um, then the strength gain should happen over time. Yeah. And I think if you're a new beginner going into the gym for the first time, maybe like five or six RPE is probably the best thing to do because everyone goes in and goes, oh, let's, how heavy can I lift? And of course you can lift that weight, but your body is not used to that. Um, and then people will experience DOMS, which is delayed onset muscle soreness. And the amount of people that think that that is a good indicator that they've worked hard. No, it is not. I say to my clients, it means that you've either pushed yourself too hard or you've done something new for the first time. That is generally when DOMS come. Um, so if you're trying to strive for DOMS all the time, then that is not a great way of doing it. So obviously, if you're new to an exercise, like I said, you will get DOMS. So it's a good idea to go for like a five or six out of 10 to begin with. And yes, you might feel it's easier, but because it's a new movement for your body, um, you will be feeling that. So maybe on the first time you go in the gym, five or six, the second time a six to a seven and work up to that eight or nine. Um, and then, like you say, you know, continually strive for that eight or nine. And that might mean either the sets go up, the reps go up or your um, weight goes up. You know, there's very many different ways of doing uh, progressive overload other than just like, you know, weight on the barbell or dumbbell or whatever it is you're using. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree. And just on that note of DOMS, uh, another common question I get asked, it's like, Oh, James, um, like I felt DOMS like when I first started um, delayed onset muscle soreness and now I'm not feeling it. It's like, well, your body's adapted to that stimulus. And as you said before, it's like when you first do it uh, for the first time. Yeah, you, you, it's, it's muscle damage and your muscles need to recover from that. Um, but it's also like, say you you or me went on holiday, for example, um, and we haven't traded in a week or two weeks. You'll come back and you'll probably feel it then. But please stop thinking you haven't had a good workout or it's a bad thing uh, if you don't feel that. All right. It's just your body um, adapting to that stimulus. Yeah, definitely. And it's also worth to uh, point out as well. Obviously, once you've been training for like eight to 10 weeks, like continually pushing to that eight or nine, it's sometimes good to have a deload, um, which is just either a week off training. So most of my clients tend to automatically do a deload. So I don't necessarily program it in. If any of my clients are listening and going, I don't know what a deload is. Obviously, I speak about it to them, but I don't necessarily program it in because they are lifestyle clients. So they will go on holidays. They will have the summer holidays off with kids or, you know, the half term. Um, where they don't do any exercise um, so yeah so a deload is either having a complete week off and a break just to give your body that de-stress um, and just to kind of you know adapt to what it's been doing previously and give it that rest so then it's good to go again or you can just reduce your weight down so if you're doing like 20 kilos on something maybe go to like 15 kilos or if you're doing like 10 to 12 reps maybe keep the same weight but do like five to six reps 
um, just again, just to give your body that little bit of a rest, a bit of a de-stress. Um, so then you can go into it better. And like you mentioned before, you know, sometimes you might hit a plateau where you just feel like you can't get past a certain weight. Sometimes you just need a bit of a rest, a bit of a break, and then you go back into it and you absolutely smash it. Um, because, you know, you can't just continually keep pushing your body all the time. Yeah, 100 percent. And I think for people when they go in and sometimes they don't like lift what they did before, um, I've seen it, they get really demotivated. And I'm like, well, no, 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 chill out. Like every day is not going to be perfect. All right. I get it all the time. And back in my early days of lifting, I used to get I used to beat myself up. It's like, well, why am I not hearing that anymore? But every day is not going to be perfect. You might have had a rubbish night's sleep. Um, you might be ill. You might not just be like eating right. Anything like that. There can be so many factors, but please don't beat yourself up. You will get it back. It's probably just like a, a one off thing, for example. Um, and, and again, and, why you should go off RPE, because if you've had a really poor sleep um, and you were doing 20 kilos and now today, 15 kilos is at eight out of 10 or nine out of 10. Listen to what your body's saying and use that RPE. And um, because I think that is the best measurement of, you know, that you can do in the gym, like you say, poor sleep tiredness fatigue is gonna reduce what you can kind of lift in the gym yeah 100 and also the intensity as well it's like if the key pillars aren't in place if you're not sleeping well if you're running on like five to six hours sort of thing you're just masking that fatigue or say like pre-workout coffee stuff like that that will catch up to you and relating sort of like fat loss as well but we'll come on to that in a minute um it's like yeah the chances are overeating are increased but also your intensity um in the gym like you going after that personal best running on sort of like 79 hours there's going to be more likely that you're going to hit that and you're going to want to do it but again if you're not sleeping right which is why sleep is such a key fundamental pillar um in so many aspects when it comes to fitness you're gonna there's more chance of you skipping the gym being like oh i just skipped that last set oh i could do two more reps yeah Nah, I'm all right. And yeah, everything like links together and everything like that. Um, and just on that subject of like being in deficit, obviously we are talking about fat loss as well. Um, over time, because you're not in like the optimal um, position of like maintenance calories or even a surplus um, for like strength and weight training, uh, you you will probably see a decrease um, in your strength lifts. But that's nothing to worry about. And it's just a byproduct because you are in a deficit. But obviously the ultimate goal, you're not training for strength right now. OK, you're training for fat. Sorry, training for fat and weight loss at the end of the day. Um, so, yeah, there's pros. But again, why you should work to that RPE, because then like even if you are doing less than you were before, you know, you know that you're working to that eight or nine out of ten. And that is all as a coach we could ask of clients, you know. If you feel that you're pushing an eight or nine and you've got to be really honest with yourself and for some clients, it's like, do you know what a 10 is? And sometimes when I was um, training clients in the gym, like one-to-one -one personal training, I would show them what a 10 is, obviously in a safe, safe way, in a safe environment um, so that they knew what a 10 is. Because if you don't know what a 10 is, how do you know what an eight or nine is? And I think a lot of people go in and feel that it's tough and don't push themselves enough. Um, if you're not making a funny face in the gym on the last couple of reps, it's not hard enough. <laughs> that that's my answer. And I can all I could always tell on clients' faces how hard it was, and um, depending on you know what they look like when they were doing a rep. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think funny faces and everything like that. Everyone's like, oh, my God, I'm going to make such a stupid face. But as you said, if you're not making a funny face or a silly face, um, yeah, you're not pushing yourself hard enough. And I, I feel it now, like when I had a personal trainer, um, I'm sure like my clients listening, if they listen to this, uh, they'll feel like this as well. When you have a personal trainer, they can just push you some so much harder when there's someone there. Because uh, like on your own, you can be like, oh, well, I should do two more reps. I would do that with James. But mm, no, I can skip it now. Um, and I found that it's like I really tried to push myself as hard as I could uh, to create that session that I had my personal trainer. But I could never get to that level. But when yeah. there's someone there going, right, you've got two more and you think you're done. It's like someone really can push you and you can get past yeah. that limit because it's it's all in your mind. Um, oh, like you think your body's going to break. You think your muscles going to like tear in half. But <laughs> it's just it's just your mind's like sort of like defense mechanism isn't it and it's sort of trying to protect itself um but yeah you can definitely push past um, and and it's that belief in yourself that you can do it as well it's like if you've never done something you don't know if you can do it or not um whereas you know if you have got that other person pushing you or you've got that internal drive you can actually generally do more than you want and like you say your mind will always give up before your body gives up and it's just about testing those boundaries and pushing a little bit more and I would also say to clients you know if you're on a machine they are generally safe to push to failure to literally go I can't do another one because the machine is just gonna reset back to where it was and you're gonna be fairly injury free and obviously make sure you know you would be if you're gonna push to failure on a certain machine so like leg extension you know nothing's bad going to happen if you can't lift it up. Your legs are just going to drop down. That is it. Um, but with obviously dumbbells and, you know, barbells, you want to be really careful. If you're trying to push to failure, you want to make sure someone is there to kind of help you out with that um, and not just push to failure on your own with those kind of exercises. But yeah, it's easier on a machine to kind of push to that failure to kind of see where it is you know, to kind of gauge how you feel at a 10 out of 10 or even trying to strive for an 11, you know, to really, really push. And then I think once you know how hard you can push, then you can kind of translate that into the other exercises and know where your limit is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for anyone thinking, oh, where do I start in the gym? Or a lot of people I've like come into contact with, they're like, well, I just do cardio because they've never been educated on like, how to lift and um, the benefits of lifting um but yeah as you said going back to weight uh, weight machines or resistance machines they are definitely a hundred percent the best place to start because number one uh they're built to be performed uh for the most safest experience um and they're stable as well you don't need like the balance and everything like that which you do for like say uh, a bench press um like a barbell bench press you get so many people one arm's normally weaker than the other and you see that bar sort of slanting sort of thing and then if you can't get it off you i don't know if it's happened to you but it's happened to me and <laughs> i remember that moment it goes down i'm like oh no this isn't going back up and you just have that awkward moment like right how the hell am I going to get this off me now and I really hope no one's watching um but I've seen it in the gym as well guys lifting with their egos and they just lift too much and then they have to like push it to one side and all the weights bang off and then everyone all everyone looks and see what they've done and yeah so um yeah definitely start with machines um and we've got like plate loaded machines uh plate loaded machines as well in the gym so i'd always go with like pin loaded first Uh, because as you said yeah you can test your failure on there like nothing's gonna happen yeah you might let it go and it might bang really loudly but you're not going to injure yourself or anything like that and then progress to like plate loaded um and then it's time to hit the uh, free weights and barbells yeah definitely and i think 
you touched on fat loss a little bit um and people don't think that strength training is any good for anything else apart from getting stronger and like there are so many benefits to strength training especially going into older age um, and for fat loss your body will take anything it can um, to use as energy however we want it to take body fat we don't want it to take muscle um, so if you're weight training uh, and strength training in the gym doing different forms of exercise your body's going to go actually you're using these muscles, so I'm not going to take them. I am going to try and prioritize the fat rather than muscle. Um, obviously, muscle tissue is always going to be lost a certain percentage um, in weight loss. However, you know, prioritizing your protein and prioritizing strength training will mean that you maintain more muscle tissue um, throughout a deficit and a dieting phase than if you didn't bother strength training at all. Yeah, that's it. And that's why a high protein diet is so key as well. So it's it's literally not just a case of like eating healthy and exercise. There's so many like like all these factors like link in. Um, and as you said, yeah, weight training has so many benefits. It's like I, I don't think people realize. I think I remember reading somewhere like as humans, we underestimate like bad things happening to us. And it's not until that injury just goes like that when you're least expecting it, you're like, oh, maybe I should start taking uh, more care of myself, mm. better care of myself even. And we're so focused on like jobs, money, stuff like that. I think that. people are more reactive than proactive. Mm. Like, you know, they go to the doctors and they get a diagnosis of something and then they're like really proactive in, in trying to fix that. Whereas if they'd have thought a little bit sooner of being proactive of not getting to ill health, you know, but like say we don't generally think like that. Um, I try and go around and educate as many people as possible. And I say, in your old age, when you're 80s, 90s, do you want to be able to sit down on the toilet and get back up again on your own, unassisted? You need to do squats. You need to start doing squats now to kind of, because that is what it is, getting up and down off the toilet is doing a squat, you know. And if you're able to do that, you know, you're going to go into old age with a little bit more dignity. You're going to be able to move around a little bit more. The more muscle mass you can gain now, obviously it's going to carry you into old age and you're going to be able to do more stuff. Um, plus, as we age, we get anabolic resistance. So that means it becomes harder for us to build muscle. We need more protein per serving to initiate what's called MPS. I don't want to get too technical, but muscle protein synthesis, which is the building of muscle tissue. So you need more and more as you get older and generally older people eat less food. So then they're not generating muscle tissue into old age. So the more that you can do at a younger age, you know, the more it's going to benefit you into older age. The same with um, bone density. You know, weight training is great for increasing bone density. Again, what do old people suffer with? Falling over, breaking bones. If you can start weight training now or any type of strength training, like I said, body weight squats is great as well. Um, that is just going to help you into older age. You're going to bear more agile you're going to be able to do more stuff and I don't want to sound like really like oh doom and gloom about being old but you know it's a really important point for people to start thinking about now um you know to start incorporating things into their life which is just gonna you know improve their life later on yeah that's it and I think some people might be be out there thinking oh well I'm, I'm just a bit too old to be getting into weight training I'll stick to cardio but you think of a squat like you said for that example you're just pretty much standing up and sitting back down that's it and then over time start with body weight and then 
go back to the RPE scale, as that gets easier, then you incorporate a weight, so like a goblet squat, so like a four kilogram. That over time will get too easy. Eight, 12, and you just work your way up mm. um, sort of thing. And yeah, it's it's so vital. And I, oh, just on a side note of that, I think like um, glute training, I didn't train my glutes for a long time and I experienced a lot of lower back pain um, and like my hamstrings were like very tight and like I injured myself during a squat just going back to like injury uh yeah you don't think it's going to come and then out of nowhere I remember going back up from a quite a heavy squat and my glutes one developed and everything was just not in the right place and I remember letting my like core just go and my lower back like just went and that was just one of the injuries and that kept like recycling around I was like, why is this happening to me? And then uh, another one, like I tore my right knee cartilage and this was the biggest injury. And I always joked in my head, like, oh, I'll never get injured. It will never. (laughs) And I remember just feeling this pain in my ankle. It was really weird. I was in New Zealand at the time. And then it started to work its way up to to my knee. And I remember seeing a physio um, and he was like, oh, you've just got really tight calves. And he started like massaging it. And like after the session, it went away. But the next day, the knee pain was back. And it was just this young guy. It was so frustrating. He'd just come out sort of like university or whatever, or just got his degree. And I don't think he really knew what he was uh, talking about. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, paid him quite a lot of money, but it, it was fine. I thought it was working at the time. But then we couldn't work out what it was after a couple of months. We got his like colleague in and she came in and she was like, mm, yeah, I don't think it's tight calves. I think uh, you need like an X-ray. X-ray did show anything. Then they were like, right, MRI. Um, so I got an MRI on like New Year's Eve um, of, of all days. And uh, yeah, it showed like a little tear. Um, and I remember going to like this knee specialist and within five minutes got me on the bed and he was like, right, this is what it is. You need an MRI. And I was like, oh, for God's sake, so frustrating. So I've been going to this physio and this guy's told me like five But, but that kind of goes into like why you should choose someone that's a specialist in a certain area mm-hmm. or why when they've been doing it for a long yeah. time. And, don't get me wrong, you know, four years ago, I was brand new, I was still learning. And I think back now to some of the things I was doing potentially with clients in the gym. And it's just because you don't know any different. Um, you know, which is why I'm so massive about education for myself and for clients, you know, because like you said, yes, it's okay going to someone that's fairly new or, you know, doesn't really know, but you do need a specialist sometimes in, in some areas to kind of give you that information. Then when you get the information from the specialist, you can then come to someone like me or you and say, right, I've got an issue with my glutes. How do I train my glutes? You know, rather than coming to a PT to say, oh, I've got pain in my lower back, go to a physio, then come to us and say what you need to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I would advise anyone to sort of like get maybe just a once over from physio because I I went and did that. Um, It was sort of a family friend and she was like, right, this is what's wrong. This is what's wrong. This is what's wrong. And you need to do this. And without her, I would have been like, oh my god there's so much like I need to fix right now and going back to glute strength like I didn't realize anything about the glutes until I until I sort of like started teaching myself about them I didn't realize they were the largest muscle in the body I didn't realize they're responsible (laughs) for walking running getting up and as you said going back to your point about when we get older everything gets old uh, sorry everything gets harder when we get older you think about hangovers now like I'm 31 and oh my god they last like two three days but when you're 18 you can just go out five nights in a row and it doesn't affect you sort of thing um but it's like that with 
lifting, injuries, everything like that, everything does get harder. So going back to the glutes, it's just so important. I feel like um, a lot of males, uh, like myself, we don't do it. It's all about the, the ego lifts, like, oh, it's chest day. It's, yeah, yeah going to get bigger biceps. Bi- biceps and shoulders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, oh, the bro split. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, guys, you don't realize what's happening. You need to start training your glutes, not just for like how you're going to look aesthetically, um, but for the importance when you get older. And as we said, going back to injuries, you don't know what's right around the corner, right? You can lift heavy. And you see so many guys like in the gym lifting with their egos. And it's like one day your mechanics will not support that weight. And you're you're going to get an injury from that. You see man, so many flex spines with deadlifts and stuff like that. And they're crashing it down and just lifting with their egos. And I'm like, oh, God, you are one, one lift away from an injury. Um, but, yeah, guys, if you're listening, please please stop training your glutes. They are so important. Um, quick question, because um, not everyone knows the answer to this. Do you know what hypermobility is? Some people call it oh, double-jointed. Um, or it has been called double-jointed. So, basically, I, I similar had an issue with my glutes which I didn't know I did I thought I'd pull my hamstring Um, I ended up going to a physio and it was actually my piriformis which is a muscle that lies underneath the glutes diagonally um, and it was slightly angry um, <laughs> and it does flare up from time to time um, and it was excruciatingly painful um, to have that done by a physio um, but obviously again you know I didn't understand the role of the glutes and um, so now mm. I'm massively onto that um, so basically what hypermobility is, it means your joints and your ligaments can kind of go out of their full range. So where, I mean, it can affect every bone in and every kind of joint in the body, but some people have it more severe than others. The most severe end of it is Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, EDS. Um, I don't have that, but I do have hypermobility. So some of my joints can go... Um, can extend further. So if you think about your knees, if you stand up straight, your legs are straight, aren't you? Well, my yeah. knees go backwards, so they go further back than where they should be. So that means there's extra pressure on the muscle. The ligament is longer, so then the muscle becomes tighter to try and shorten between the ligaments. Um, but obviously, strength training can help, um, obviously, anyone with hypermobility. But You've just got to be aware that you don't go out of your range. So like my elbows as well will go like further the other way than they should do. Um, so if I'm doing a shoulder press, I've got to be really careful with obviously pushing to a point where I don't go over. Now, mine's not as bad as a lot of other people's can be. Um, but again, that is a consideration when weight training um, that you've got to take into a, like consideration. And it's fairly female that so get it. Um, you know, it's not males can have hypermobility, but apparently it's a, a female trait or it can be a female trait. Um, so, yeah, so strength training can actually help that. So the reason I had the angry piriformis on my right hand side was because working in bars and restaurants for 18 years, I was stood up a lot and I used to lean on my right side and my hip used to go way far to the right than it did, than it should do. Um, because I am extra flexible. Um, so that then puts shre- a stretch on the glue, on the piriformis, um, and then it was hitting my sciatic nerve that was going all the way down my hamstring and that was causing a lot of pain. Now, I try and stand like straight on both legs now, which is it's hard to do. It's something that you've got to kind of condition yourself to do. Um, but again, you know, this just goes back to how people sit, 
how people stand, how people are at work. You know, over time, I've done 18 years of standing on, on my right leg, you know, so that's done a lot of damage that I've had to kind of correct over the last three to four years. Obviously, once I found out what the issue was and not knowing that my hypermobility was actually causing me issues rather than being, I mean, it's never a benefit that your, your joints can go <laughs> further than they should. Um, but again, you know, strength training can massively help um, with something like that because it can then stabilize the joints. So like my shoulders, you know, there's more movement in my shoulders. Um, but by obviously strength training around my hips, around my glutes um, and around my shoulders, it's just going to help keep everything a little bit more stable than it ordinarily would be. Does that does that make sense? <laughs> that makes perfect sense. And I can actually relate to that um, because I went to a sports therapist. Um, it's about my shoulder. So I'll, ju I'll just start with that. And I think my right shoulder blade sits either higher or lower, I can't remember, uh, than the left. And I always felt like it wasn't like a painful pain, but it was just like frustrating. It felt like something just had to click and it could never yeah. do that. And I was like, oh, my God, I wish this would go away. Right. I need to see someone. And even the little things, this is what shocked me most about driving. So I drive an automatic car and naturally I'm right handed. So I just, obviously, you don't have to change gear. Um, and now before people jump on and say it's the lazy way of driving, it's, it's not. It's just, it just makes life easier. Anyway, so I drive with like my right hand like that and my left just chills out. Um, but my right's then doing all the work. And so it affects the shoulder blade even more. And since I've been driving like with the 10 and the two position um, on like clock face as you as you meant to drive the pain's just like gone it's like little things like that and she was mm. explaining like even how you sleep makes all the difference and I was like my mind is being blown here but going back to your uh, hypermobility I think I've got that in my knees as well actually because she was like the way you stand can you just put a little bend in your knees and she was like yeah I think you're a bit hypermobile on your knees and now I've really noticed it so every time I'm standing I'm like oh it clicks into my head that I need to put a little bend in my knees and I feel so much yeah. better and I remember like I could never like Romanian deadlift I could never hip hinge properly because I thought I had well I do have tight hamstrings but I can still get a good range until um I learned uh, through a PT at my old gym when I first started. She like ran me through it and I successfully hip hinged. And I remember it was in lockdown. I had a pair of dumbbells and I did it and it just felt so much better because if anyone's like listening to this, they can do this test where what you can do is you can hip hinge over and you can lock out your knees and the strain you feel there, you might feel it working your hamstrings, but that is not what you want to feel. And then you take your knees off lock and hip hinge properly and yeah. there's such a different feeling. I do this with my clients. They're like, oh, my God, I can feel the difference. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And I was doing that, geez, in a gym with yeah. like 35Ks each side. I'm surprised I have not slipped a disc or anything like that. Yeah. But now I like doing it properly. And again, we're not taught this. You don't get taught this in university, uh, wherever. Um, and yeah, it's just all these mechanics, everything linking. And until you actually go see a specialist, because I think everyone thinks like a PT is a, a therapist, um, a physio, a fat loss coach a muscle gain uh, coach all in one and we're really I mean not. we try to be we, we will do our best um and yeah, I think it's absolutely. in our own interest to kind of learn a bit but like you say if it's something specialist you and I will always refer out because we can't know absolutely everything like no. I was talking to someone about the menstrual cycle the other day and they asked me about contraception and I said the menstrual cycle in itself is like a big topic I said Start talking mm -hmm. about contraception. That is something else. That is not a topic for me. I will not discuss that or give you advice on that because it's just not something that I do. Um, but I think with obviously exercise and movements, 
Like it is everyday life. You know, I say to clients sometimes, you know, wouldn't you like to go to the car and pick up all the shopping? You know, that's strength training, you know, getting all the shopping out of your car, like lifting stuff, picking your kids up. You know, do you have to pick the dog up to put it on the table at the vets? You know, yeah. that is what strength training can help with. Like people ask me to do stuff, oh, can you just move that? Can you just lift this? I'm like, yeah, sure, fine, no, no problem. Because obviously I can and you can move well. You know how to move. Like you said, just the example of the Romanian deadlift. And when I worked in bars and restaurants and I used to pick up and move stock around, I never really thought about how I was doing that. And, you know, they all go, oh, bend your knees. Like, no, that, that just never happened. I just never mm-hmm. do it. Um, and because I've said the issue with my glutes, I will now Romanian deadlift stuff off the floor, even yeah. if it's something like I'm just picking like a bit of rubbish up or picking the dog's toy up. I will try, <laughs> like I condition myself to do a lot of Romanian deadlifting to strengthen my glutes. Mm. And then obviously, like you say, take my knees off lock because I was forever pushing my knees back. And my mum will say sometimes, move your legs. <laughs> but oh yeah, because it's subconscious. Like I just do it automatically. Um, but using like movements that you know in the gym to do everyday life, yeah, it's going to be massively beneficial. You're going to do it in a safer way. You're going to get stronger um, without even really doing as much in the gym. You know, you can do some of your strength training at home. Yeah, that, that's it. And everyone's like, oh, I don't really want to get stronger. To be honest, like, no, you don't understand. This is going to benefit you everywhere. And just going back to what you were saying, it's like recycling. It's like these two big green boxes I have to take out and they get pretty full. But now it's like I'm going down into a deadlift position, set my shoulder blades, lift up, and then I'll hip hinge them over. And when yeah. I first did that, I, I laughed to myself because I was like, well, this is brilliant, but I'm not getting any lower back pain anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's little things like that. And I think uh, like clients have always joked with me, they've been like, oh, I went to the fridge the other day and I uh, set my shoulder blades to open it. I was like, well, you don't need to do that in like everyday things, obviously. Yeah. But it's great that subconsciously you're using what you learn in the gym for your lifts to help you in everyday life. And as you said, it's that sort of like uh, motivation and sort of like going past that gym factor of like personal life. Like you're going to want to lift your kids up. Maybe you haven't had a baby yet and you're going to want to lift your baby up, lift your dog up, stuff like that. It's all these personal things that, they say like when something's gone, you miss it, and it, it's so true. If you, if you can't like hit, like lift your kid up, you know something's wrong, and you know someone's got to change, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so it's not just from a strength perspective in the gym; it's how it affects uh, personal everyday life, like you were yeah. saying. That's it. Like my dog's like twenty kilos. Like yes, okay, you take them to the vets. Like they'd probably like have to pick them up, but it's like, well, no, I can do it. Twenty kilos is nothing really, you know, and I can do it safely and. When I used to PT in the gym, like I used to have like a massive water bottle. I used to always put it on the floor, obviously, whilst I was showing clients how to do things. And I would, like I said, I would always remain in deadlift to pick it up. And it's only a bottle of water, Mm -hmm. but it's just continually doing that thing that is going to help me. And like I said, obviously, I had that issue with my glutes. So I was very aware of making sure I use my glutes, um, even if it was for a bottle of water, because obviously you're still using your body weight as well. Um, people around the gym used to must think, what's she doing? Why, why is she doing that? Why is she not bending her knees? But to me, that that was important that I kind of ingrained that in there. So now picking anything up off the floor, I either do a Romanian deadlift or a single leg, you know, to pick something mm. up. But it's, it, it's just what I do now because it's so ingrained in, in my brain. Yeah, I, I do the uh, single leg, uh, like RDL or something to pick up my water bottle and that that will be a thing now uh, forever. And, and and you're right, you, d- you do have people in the gym like looking at you like, what the hell, what the hell are you doing? Uh, but 
if only they knew, unfortunately. And I think for anyone listening out there, um, your body, um, you you know your body best. And if you feel a niggle or anything, please just stop what you're doing. Don't do what I did. I just carried on through like in your early teens or your early 20s. You don't really care. The ego's there, unfortunately. And it's not until you get an injury or something that you actually learn. You're like, oh, okay, maybe I yeah. should have stopped. Um, I remember getting lower back pain and two days I was back in the gym trying to do pull-ups and it just got worse. And I was like, what are you doing? Uh, but yeah, please, please just listen to your bodies. If you feel a niggle or something, it's telling you something isn't right. So yeah, please speak to like a specialist or a PT or someone. It is definitely worth it um, when it comes to your health. Because if you think about it, um, just going back to a mental health side, like if you're not happy with the way you're looking like now and you're trying to get the, to the gym to change that, but guess what? If you get an injury like myself, for example, I was out for 12 months and it was the it was the first time I've never like been to the gym sort of in a year. And my mental health took a knot. I was in the knock yeah. even. I was in a dark place then. And it was just horrible not being able to get to that hour to myself, just put on my headphones, escape the world. And then unfortunately, the weight did pile on because you're not getting to the gym. Yeah. I could barely walk. And yeah. So if you don't sort it out now, um, it can. Uh, it can link and it can just get worse unfortunately and I think with strength training there is no downside there is no ill effects apart from obviously injury you know there is no bad side to it to doing it there is mm -hmm. only benefits health benefits like heart health you know there is such a massive long list of benefits that come with doing strength training obviously you know we've gone through a few and all also it can kind of help with like self-esteem it can help with confidence it can help with your body image it can help you look better like how many people say oh, i just want to look toned or whatever have a nice shape like that's weight training that's what gives you weight training and you know the self-esteem and the confidence like this year i'm focusing on confidence and people are like oh you're a confident person yes but you know there's always areas that you can kind of push out of your comfort zone um you know doing things on your own like I went to a concert on my own I went to a book tour on my own and it's like that was scary for me you know but I can go to a gym on my own I can do something like this you know so there's different areas of confidence but if you start going to a gym on your own and become confident in the gym that can then translate to other areas of your life you know you might think oh well I've managed to overcome that hurdle I became confident in the gym I might become a little bit more confident at work. Like you say, you know, you might walk a little bit taller, you might set your shoulders in place, you know, and that just translates to every area of your life. So yes, strength training is good to get stronger and obviously preserve muscle tissue, but then there's that self-esteem, that confidence, weight loss, and that toned look as well that kind of come as a, a byproduct of just doing some weight training. Yeah, that's it. And just a couple of um, points I sort of want to finish on. Um, number one is everyone going for that toned. Uh, you can't tone a muscle. Tone's not really a thing. Uh, I think a lot of people don't realise is you actually have quite a lot of muscle already. Unfortunately, the fat's just in the way, so you can't see it. So pretty much what you do is build the muscle, lose the fat. And then when you can see your muscle, you sort of get that toned definition physique. Um, and then secondly is strength training. When someone gets a personal best with what I've seen with clients and they don't think they've been able to lift that weight before, the happiness and the smiles like they get and how confident and good they feel. Strength training is so good because you can't win at it. You'll never get to an end no, point. There's always another personal to best to go for. <laughs> exactly. It's like cardio. Pretty much your options are you go faster, 
you increase the incline or you just go for longer and that's just boring but yeah. with strength training everyone's like oh it's just lifting heavier weight it's like no 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 you could add a pause to progress you can do a one-on-one -on -one quarter rep you can do supersets you can do drop sets um there's uh slow down the tempo there's so many ways to make something harder without having to increase the weight but it's yeah. setting that performance goal and that's why like i set all my clients a performance goal and when they hit that they just feel so good and i remember i've like hit lifting weights that i never thought was possible like i started on like a 10 kilogram barbell hip press because my glutes were so weak and that was a struggle for me yeah and then i remember when i hit 100 i was like wow never in a million years do i think yeah. my glutes would like get there because as a guy it was just like I don't care about my ass. I don't really want yeah. that to grow. Whatever. And, it, and it's but funny, now... like people stepping on the scale might be like, "Oh, look, I've lost like ten pounds or whatever," but it will never beat that feeling of lifting a heavy weight and like accomplishing mm. something. Like, yes, losing weight is a great accomplishment, but it never ever will give you the same feeling as hitting a PB in the gym or like a non-scale victory. Like, honestly, like you need to try it if you've not already. Yeah, that's it. And I think this is why people should uh, strive to have their program around getting stronger and weight training, uh, even when it's fat loss. Yes, 100% do your cardio, but your cardio can be your 10,000 steps, going outside for a walk, stuff like that. And if you enjoy it, please do it. But please have weight training there as well. Because one, all the benefits we talked about, that's going to help you. And number two, it's going to help your education. So maybe after you're, you've lost the amount of weight you want to lose or the amount of fat you want to lose, then you're like, oh, okay, now I'd like to gain some muscle. And guess what? If you've been weight training, you're not starting from the complete beginning of like, well, how do I use this machine? Because you've already done it for your fat yeah. loss journey. Um, so it's just knowing that education and everything like that. Um, so yeah, that's I think that's just another benefit as well. Yeah, and like with every exercise you do, there's always going to be a progression within it. So like we were talking mm -hmm. about, you know, using machines, you know, you might do uh, a bicep machine, you know, then you can do different bicep variations with obviously dumbbells, with cable machines, with a barbell. And um, the same with like squats, you know, you can do different variations of squats. You can do a body weight, you can do a box squat, you can do a kettlebell, you know, you can do a dumbbell. You know, there are millions of different variations of each exercise within, obviously, just rather than just going up a weight where you might go, oh, you know, just doing a bicep curl and just increasing the weight. That sounds boring. But then there's so many different variations of that one exercise that can be performed in different ways and with different equipment then keep it more interesting because I think people might find that weight training is a bit boring and it's like it's only boring if you stick to the same things you can mix it up a little bit um along with just you know increasing the weight yeah I absolutely agree and I think like again just going back to it form and technique is so important because I've had so many clients it's like they're lifting like these big weights and then I'll show them actually how to do it properly, especially with a bicep curl. I think that's the biggest one. It's yeah. obviously they're like swinging the weight, their elbows are coming off, they're losing tension. And I keep it strict. And then it's like fully straighten the arm at the bottom all the way up. And they can only do about three to five reps on that heavier yeah. weight. And they're like, oh my God, why is it so hard? I, I was like, because you're doing it properly. Yeah. And yeah, you see so I had a PT who said exactly the same to me. I can't remember what workout, what exercise it was, but I was yeah. like, I've got this really hard now. He's like, yeah, because you're doing it right now. <laughs> it's funny, that isn't it? Yeah. And I do get like on social media, there are some really good people out there and they will teach you the right stuff. However, there are some absolute trolls over there and out there and it's just 
a nightmare of what people are teaching people and they come into the gym and they think that's the way to lift and it's like no that's not right yeah. and you're probably doing yourself more harm um than you are good. And i think the problem with social media the people that, that look good and um, they've got loads of followers are going to be the people <laughs> that you kind of listen to and it's like Mm -hmm. Nine times out of ten, they're probably not. Obviously, there are the outliers that, you know, have got millions of followers and, like, are teaching the correct techniques. But these days, people are just going for, like, quick money, like, what they can do. You know, I will never be one of those Instagram models because that's just not me, you know. But it doesn't mean I don't know anything or, you know, and same with you. You know, we've got our knowledge, but because we've not got millions of followers, people might be like, oh, well, actually, should I listen to you? Um, but actually, nine times out of ten, you probably want to listen to the smaller accounts um, that are actually yeah. telling you whether you're doing things right or wrong. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's such a shame. Like nowadays, it's like people look at someone like a guy absolutely shredded or something like that, and they immediately think, "Oh, he's trustworthy. He must know what he's on about." Oh my God, he's got two million followers. So why would I not follow him? Because if I buy his BCAAs, his supplements he's selling, oh, oh my God, he's got a discount code as well, which is commission code, by the way, um, and follow like his his diet plan, which is his diet plan, tailored for him, not for you, because yeah. he doesn't have a normal like nine to five lifestyle, um, then, oh my God, I'll look like him. But then it does more harm than good, because after 30 days, you're like, well, hang on a minute, it said I would look like him but I now don't. And then you feel at fault for failing. But however, you've been set up for inevitable failure from the get go. And what is he doing behind the scenes, making loads of money? So many people are buying in. And it's such a shame with the fitness industry. Well, I can't talk. Sorry. Fitness industry um, that people are just having their money wasted. As you said, like the smaller accounts like me and you, we actually genuinely want to help people because we've Mm. been there. And we don't want people to like waste their money and like keep going around in vicious cycles and actually trying to help them. But as I said, like in the podcast before, it's like everyone will just go to a driving instructor like that. But when it's a PT, it's like, no, I don't need a PT. I'm fine. It's like, but you don't understand. You'll learn for life and then you'll be set up for life as well. And you'll never go in to buy in from one of those people ever again like a social influencer yeah. on it. and, and i think the problem is like with strength training obviously because that's what we talk about and with fat loss it's a long journey it's not a quick fix you know if you're yes. going to start learning strength training like you say you might need to start with body weight you then might need to go to some machines you then might need to go to a different variation of a machine then you might go to a barbell then you might go to a dumbbell then you might go to a cable machine you know there's all these different progressions for you to go through, which is why it can last a long time and why you're never, ever going to get to the end of a strength training kind of program because there's always going to be something different, always a different variation. Um, and like you said, you know, sets, reps, tempos, pauses, all these things along the way as well. Um, and the same with fat loss. It's not just a, oh, let's do it for six weeks and that's it. Like strength training is for life. It's something that you need to do. Because there is this thing called reversibility. And if you don't keep up what you're doing, your body goes backwards faster than it will go forwards. And I know that's really frustrating because like you say, you know, you might have a few weeks off or, you know, a year off the gym and you've gone backwards. And it's about that continuing, like doing it all the time. The same with fat loss. You can't just diet Monday to Friday and think that that's okay. You know, strength training is for life and it is something that you need to continually do to continually keep that strength and to keep moving forward um, and, you know, be strong throughout life. It's not something that you can just do as a phase or a fad. You know, you can't just do it, oh, just do it for, for six months and then I'm good. It's like, you know, it's something that needs to be done continually. 
Yeah, that's it. And I think people think like, well, I want to lose this amount of weight in three months and then I'll be fine. It's like, no, let's get you to there. But what's the new goal? Now you've lost this weight, you might be able to do something you hadn't done before. So let's move on to like the weight training aspect um, or something like that and then see how you go. So there's always a new goal. So yeah, never think there's just one goal. Um, there's always another one you can achieve and you'll never be satisfied. And just what you were saying, yeah, it's a, it's a vicious cycle, unfortunately. You spend like, two, three years, because it is a long journey, I think, especially with fat loss, people are believing all these quick fi quick fixes. I know I did. It's like you go on YouTube, get abs in three to six minutes. Oh, yes, please. Let's go do this like cycle of crunches and setups and you'll get abs in three, six minutes, six minutes past. Look down like, what? That's not fair, is it? <laughs> and it's like this word now, I think, unfortunately, it's been it's being used a lot. And as humans, we're very impatient um and it's like we just want the quick fixes now and that's why people are buying into these social influencers yeah um but unfortunately it's not the case but going back to muscle gain it's like yeah it'll take about one to two years to gain some muscle but you take your foot off the gas for two to three weeks that will start to degrade and it's like that is not fair and it's not it, <laughs> life isn't fair like that unfortunately uh, in an ideal world it'd be amazing we'd be able to retain it um, just eating ice cream and stuff like that but yeah unfortunately you do take your gas uh, foot off the gas um it it will degrade i think like anything in life really yeah yeah no i cool. think we've covered a lot there i think uh, yeah, a lot for people definitely. to think about for sure <laughs> mm, absolutely it's been an awesome episode um so yeah that's steps and uh, now strength uh, training benefits as well so yeah i'm excited for the uh, next one whatever we're going to talk about uh, we'll yeah. have to discuss that uh, but yeah thank you so much again and um, for giving up your time and coming on i hope a lot of people um have got some benefit from this and hopefully going to start taking action after listening to this and implement what they have learned today um, but again guys if you have any questions on anything we've talked about please reach out to either victoria or myself and we will be happy to answer any questions you have uh, but yeah until the next episode and um, victoria hope you have a lovely rest of your weekend and i'm sure i'll speak to you again soon all right yeah speak to you soon all right cheers bye-bye